0: Awesome. It is great to be here. Uh, I will tell you, I left Florida and it was 86 degrees, and I got here and it was 47. I was like, but you know what it is? It's so refreshing. I mean, Florida's just hot all the time. It's, it's, it's so it's nice. that when I was here in May, we went out, we went shopping. I can't wait for the jewelry shopping tomorrow because I, I bought some. In fact, I brought them to wear. You know, you can't. Girls love to shop. How many love to shop? I can't help myself, but yes, Jen and I saw each other last week at a pastor and leadership meeting, and then, of course, we saw each other in May, and then she came to my church in January, so uh, we've just, it's been a, a year of intensive, Jen and Sin, right? <laughs> so how many were here when I was here last time? Okay, I thought, I thought I had a lot of familiar faces, so I'll get to know some of the rest of you, hopefully, over these next couple of days. I love coming. I love seeing the uniqueness of everybody. I love the joy of just sitting around the table and hearing the laughter and people coming in, and they're so excited that the men are serving us <laughs> and getting our dessert for us. In fact, we were at the table, and one of the ladies was like, Do they have cheesecake? <laughs> Well, go back and see what all the different flavors they have, and then I'll decide, right? We, we won't go with just the first one. My husband would just go with the first one. But I have to see all of them. Like, he has quit going shoe shopping with me because I have to go look at every shoe at every store, and then I decide. He's like, if you like that pair, why don't you just get it? I said, well, what if they have something else somewhere else? He does not get that. Women like Variety right? We're unique. We are, we are God's creation of beauty and wonder and all of those incredible things that make us different than a man. Not better, not worse, just different. And we've got to have the pick of the litter. We got to have the best of the best. We can't just settle. We want the best. So tonight I want to talk a little bit about us being women in ministry. And I know uh, Pastor Jen talked about that this is for people who are women in ministry. They're people who want to come into ministry. Let me just ask, is there anyone here that works full-time in ministry, that that's their vocation? Okay, we have a couple of those. Now you see, so what we had four, Julia, are you one of those? Sometimes you have to tell people that's what they do. (laughs) But so when you think about it, so we had four or five that are full-time in ministry. But really, all of us are women in ministry. We are all called. We are all supposed to, whether we're at work, whether we're at home, whether we're at our kids' school, whether we're at the grocery store, it doesn't make any difference. We're all called to minister the gospel to everybody we see. And we all do it in different ways. Sometimes it's just that act of kindness. Sometimes it's actually, you know, saying, hey, do you need healing? How many have gone somewhere and just felt like God wanted them to pray healing over someone? Mm -hmm. And how many who raised their hand would say, oh, I have a healing anointing? couple, but for the most part, it's just that nudge of God that, you know, whether I feel like I'm anointed or not, doesn't make any difference. All I know is God is saying, do it. So let's do it. Right. And that's really who we are. And even as we were doing the worship today, I was just thinking about, we opened the conference in war and in worship which means we've set the ground for the enemy to be defeated, for every person who comes in the door tomorrow night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, all through the day, Sunday morning, that we've prepared the ground for victory already. And because we were the forerunners or the gate crashers in this, we will see the victory first in order to share the testimony of what God's doing. You know, when we have breakthrough in something, then that opens the way for others to come in behind us. So if I have breakthrough in my family, then I've opened up the way for you to have breakthrough in your family if that's what you need. If you have breakthrough in your finances, then that opens up the way for all of us to have breakthrough in our finances. When there's breakthrough in the body of Christ, we can all come in behind it. We don't have to wait. We don't have to say, well, that was for them. No, it's for all. When someone breaks through for us, then we're able to go through with them. So just keep that in mind because we'll hear other testimonies throughout the week, throughout the weekend. And when you hear a testimony, even that Julie shared, you know, when you hear a testimony, you just come in behind what she's what God spoke to her, what God spoke to Pastor Jen, you can put a a demand on that breakthrough too. And we've had lots, I'm going to share a bunch of testimonies as we go, but um, I just am really excited about what God wants to do for us because uh, Pastor Jen and I were talking uh, when we were coming over here that this is an era of women arising. And it's, it's because it is the season for us to take our position and step into the fullness that God has for us. And even when you go back and read through the word and think, you know, I was just reading Deborah the other day, reading about Deborah. You know, she was a judge over Israel where they actually came to her and she made the yes and no decisions. She gave them the wisdom they needed. And in those days, that was an anomaly women weren't on the front line. But not only was she a judge in all of those different things, she got the word of the Lord to send someone out to battle. And then she went with them. And just think about where you are in your life and what God is doing. You know, with Deborah, that was a temporary assignment that sent her out. And then she came back to what she was doing. How many of you have experienced a temporary assignment where God has sent you somewhere, and it's not permanent, but it's for the moment? Because what you're doing couldn't be done without your yes. And people say, oh, God can send anyone. No, uh -uh. he can. But if he's sending you you're the one he's chosen to send. That means you have the anointing, you're fully equipped, you have everything you need to do what he's called you to do. You don't have to worry about whether I've gotten enough schooling. I know when people started telling me I should get ordained, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't think so. And uh, I belong to a denomination that they were really... um, Uh, It was really important for you to get the highest level of education. And so most of the people there had their at least their MDivs, their doctorate, something like that. I was like, oh, no, there's no way I couldn't get ordained because I don't have all that. I am not qualified. How many of you thought I am not qualified to do what God's called me to do? Yes, we all have. Because if we were qualified. Then we wouldn't need God because we'd be all on our own. Oh, I got this, God. You can just rest up in heaven and go maybe work on somebody else because I'm fully qualified. I'm fully self-sufficient. I'm fully, fully, full of myself. And so I really don't need any help. But, you know, God calls us when we're at our very weakest place saying, you need to go do this. And you're like, God, I'm sure you could send someone else. I am absolutely positive you could send someone else. Because We need him in order to complete the mission that he's called us to do. And he sends us on these little journeys to engage with people, to change the atmosphere without even saying a word. Sometimes he'll send us somewhere and we're not even sure why we're going there. But he needs our foot to step on that ground in order to change the atmosphere and break the stronghold that's holding it back. (laughs) Yes. God will send us places where we go in where we don't even have to say a word. Because what what did he tell Joshua? Everywhere your foot steps, that's your territory. He sends us in to change the atmosphere and break the stronghold and take the territory. Amen. And, you know, women are fighters. We're not boxing ring fighters, although there are some. But we are warriors in the spiritual realm. I mean, how many times you're, someone gets near your kid and you're like, I'm probably going to have to kill them. Because I'm sure that's what Jesus would have done. But just think about it. We are warriors. We, we will not let anyone cross our territory. Because God has made us fighters. And our, most of our wars need to be won in the uh, arms of heaven. Where we contend for what contends against us at the feet of Jesus. And he tells us how to win. Right. I remember when my daughter was she was maybe 13, 14, something like that, and she was going through that just dark stage. She wanted to wear everything black. She actually wanted to paint her whole room black. I was like, oh no, <laughs> nope. I need some joy. I need some color. But uh, but she just was like so oppressed, and we even went to therapy. And whose fault was it? It was the mother's fault, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure it is my fault, but, <laughs> but something isn't right. So we went, for, we went for a few times, and we were like, that's not really working, is it? Uh, so one night I am asleep, and the Lord wakes me up. And he says, I just want you to go in her room and stand over her while she's sleeping and just declare my word over her, pray over her. I did that, I went back to bed, went fast asleep. My son came in the next morning, he's like, mom, what's wrong with Katie? I'm like, I don't know, I haven't seen her yet. He's like, it's like she has this burst of joy. It's like, you know, there's this new uh, face to her, this excitement about her, you know, it's our jobs. That's, the, that's what God has given us. He's empowered us to take the territory where the enemy has invaded. Oh, yes. And that's who we are. And, you know, I didn't go out and, you know, do anything. I just did what God told me to do. But my feet stepped in her room, and it broke the stronghold of the enemy. And it released the presence of God over her that gave her a whole new Um, What would you call it face for the morning a whole new uh, attitude for the morning and you know, it's hard Sometimes we look at what's going on and we're so overwhelmed by what's out there But God's like I've given you and you and you and you and you the authority to stop what's going on out there We have the word in our mouth and when it's released when we release the word of God what happens? heaven acts on the word of God God performs his word so when we release the word the word is one of the most powerful weapons we can use It's just sit there reading the word over whatever the situation is because and I read it out loud because when the word is released there has to be an activation toward it because his word does not return void right so we are really the warriors of God's heart. We're the ones who are going to change the schools. We're the ones who's going to change the community. And it doesn't mean that the men are I'm just talking to the women right now. I know there's a few men that are back there cheering for us. But, but you know, we'll do a man's thing later. But, But really, I'm just talking to us because... We're the ones who go to the schools and make sure that this, this is happening. We're the ones who, you know, uh, go into the grocery store and just release the word of God through the grocery store and look for someone who might need that extra touch, that extra uh, anointing from God in their life. Um, I know God loves to get me where I'm in the most unanointed situation and tell me to go do something. And usually it's in the morning. I like to go for a run in the morning. So usually it's in the morning. The other, it's been about a couple months ago. I was sitting in my car, drinking my coffee. It's probably seven, quarter to seven in the morning. And we live near the water. So I'm sitting there looking at the ocean. And um, there's this young man out there, maybe mid-20s, and he's working out. But he has a brace on his foot. And I'm drinking my coffee, and I'm watching him. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, but I'm actually not done with my coffee, and he's going to be there a while, you know, because you're thinking, really, it's really early in the morning, it's not that I don't want to do it, it's just that I was busy doing what I wanted to do, drink my coffee and watching the water, but I get out and I walk over to the guy, and I was like, hi, you know, my name is Cindy, I saw you were working out, and you know, I see your legs hurt, do you mind if I pray for you? He's like, thank you so much. He's like, I love Jesus. Pray for me. Pray for me to be healed. And so I prayed for him and we talked for a little bit. But you know, you never know the setup that God has for you. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to look for the opportunities as women in ministry. We're called to look for every nudge, every opportunity that God gives us and not give him a hard time about giving it to us. Because sometimes I do give him a hard time. And it, like I said, it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just that I'm busy doing what I want to do. It comes at the time when I'm not like, okay, I'm all prayed up. I got my hair all done. I'm all this. I'm ready. I'm ready to minister. He's like, no, you know, your hair is all yucky and you got a baseball cap on. Now's the time. I'm like, yeah. yeah. But when we, when we really think about what God has called us to do, it is, like Ephesians 3.20 says, it is immeasurably more than we can imagine or dream. It's, it's way above. And if we did what we thought was the most awesome thing, it would fall way below what God has called us to do. How many have you done something uh, through your life that you would have never thought you would ever do? In the God terms, where we won't go into the other terms. (laughs) But, you know, how many have have, where God has taken you somewhere and you're like, if I would have thought about this 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I would have never picked this as my path. But as you get to know God, the more you pursue him, the more your heart becomes aligned with what he has with you for you. When uh, I've been in corporate, the corporate world all my life, and, you know, I really knew my product. You know, when you're in the corporate world, you know what you're selling. Uh, And then when God started shifting me to the ministry world, I didn't know my product that well. I knew Jesus, but I had no idea about what he could do. The way he heals, the way he moves, the way he uh, uses me to do things that I'm just like, well, we're just going to give it a whirl and see what happens. And then it, what happens is something we can't even explain. And it, it's taken and it continues to take all this time to learn these subtle nudges of God to push you into a, a, an encounter with him that is way beyond anything you can explain. And you're trying to say, is that real? And he's like, yes, that is real. Yes, that is real. And there's more to come. And he wants you to take those encounters and share them with other people so they can experience encounters like they've never experienced before. You know, really, the whole ministry of Christ is multiplication through testimony. We testify the word. We preach the gospel. We testify all that God has done for us. I mean, how many have been healed of something that God has healed them of? How many have seen breakthrough in their families? How many have had financial breakthroughs? How many have moved from one position to another that God put you in that you hadn't planned? I mean, that's most all of us. And the more we just press into what God has for us, the more we see this expansion of more incredible possibilities that we never thought were possible. I've seen more people healed than I ever thought I'd see, but I always tell God it's not enough. I won't be satisfied till I see them all. I just want everybody healed. I want everybody saved. I want everybody delivered. And I want everybody to encounter the power and the presence of Jesus in their lives. I remember when um, I was going through a season where I I just couldn't figure God out. Have you ever not been able to figure God out? All the time, every day. But I just felt like there was so much more, and why couldn't I get to the more? And I thought, you know, you go through that phase of what am I doing wrong? What is it I need to do? Maybe it's only for like the super spiritual people. And maybe I'm just not at that level. So I don't get the more. And, you know, I went through all of these things through my head. And then finally, I just told God, I said, I am not letting go until I get more. And I'm going to pursue you every day. And I'm going to annoy you. And I'm going to come after you. And I'm going to tell you. And I'm, I did. I, I know when he, I open my mouth. He's like, here she goes, guys. Because I I feel like God has invited us in to the most incredible experience of our life. And I don't want to miss any of it. And I don't even know what's possible. So unless I pursue him for all that's possible, then how can I get all that's possible? And I feel like right now I'm just scratching the surface and I've been doing this for a long time but I still see things that amaze me. I see things that I don't understand and I can't put words to it sometimes, but I trust God to unfold it for me. Yeah, I was reading uh, John six, I'm not gonna read it all to you, but you guys know the story in John six where Jesus is talking to all these people who are following him. They've seen miracles, they've seen all these things and he's talking to them and he's like, you must eat uh, my flesh and drink my blood. And he's talking through all of this, and they're all like, huh? Because we look back and say, oh, how could they not understand? But, of course, there was no cross, there was no death, there was no uh, Last Supper, you know, that was all before that. And, see, we have all this information, and we still don't understand a lot of stuff. But so, you know, he's talking to them about it, talking to them about it, and slowly people start leaving and they turn from him, and they walk away, and all of these thousands of people that were following him slowly dwindle away, and his disciples are there. And he says, do you want to leave too? Because Peter's like, this is hard for us to understand. And he says to him, do you want to leave too? And Peter said, where would we go? We've experienced too much to go anywhere else. Because you are the Christ. You know, there are situations where we don't understand. We don't understand what's going on. We, we don't understand why God's not doing X in the timing we want, when we want him to do it, how we want him to do it. Sometimes I do try to help him along. Does anybody ever give him suggestions? Yeah. So God, I was thinking. He's like, that's good. That's good. But, you know, just because we don't understand doesn't circumvent the fact that he is God. And he's got timing. He's got the perfect answer. He's got everything. But he wants to know, are we willing to risk what we think, what we don't think, what we don't understand, what we believe Are we willing to risk all that for his best? Are we willing to risk it all? And you meet people who are are willing to risk it all, and you meet people who aren't, who they just kind of reach a point where they're like, I've got enough God in my life, and I've got it all kind of figured out, so I don't want to go any further. But you wouldn't be sitting here if you didn't want all God had. You wouldn't be sitting here if you didn't want that next encounter with God, that next dream from him tonight, that next word over your life, that next movement forward for your family. You wouldn't be sitting here if you didn't want a full encounter with God that will move you to the next place. And you can never go back like Peter says. Where would we go? I've experienced way too much to walk away, to go in the other direction. I love Jesus. I just love him. I just do. I'm like, I'm willing to risk anything until it comes, and then I have to think about it. I'm like, I'm like yeah, I'll go. I'll go. But, you know, what happens is our mind is, has been programmed over many, many years to respond to things automatically. So when, when Jesus calls us to do stuff that's going to be way outside of our comfort zone, how many have had him call you to do something outside of your comfort zone? All the time. Then what happens is our mind has to submit to what he's calling us to. And sometimes there's some processing that goes on. I remember when um, I had an autoimmune disease and God one morning and I prayed about it and I, I had a a Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid disease. And I drew a picture of what the uh, whole uh, thyroid looked like. I declared over it. I just kept saying the word over it. I had all my friends praying and it took a few years, but one morning he woke me up. It was July. I mean, June 19th, 2019. And he said, I have healed you. I know. I was like, great. I was so excited. And I said, can I quit taking my medicine? He said, yes. So I quit taking my medicine. But then I got worried because I had a little symptom here that I thought was connected to not taking my medicine. I'm like, no, he said, I didn't have to take it. And I went to my doctor for my regular checkup. She goes, well, she said, it's fine, but you really should keep on your medicine just to maintain it. And I'm like, well, I did tell her, I said, well, Jesus healed me. She goes, well, That's good. But you really should go ahead and take your medicine, you know, just to make sure it stays up. Your mind has to process. Because we've been taught our whole life, take two aspirin, you know, call me in the morning, you know, take penicillin, take this, take that, take this, take this. And when God says, I've overridden anything that you need, you have to rewrite what your mind has been trained to do. So sometimes when God is calling you out to do things that are way beyond you, that your ability to do, your capacity to think, then we have to rewrite our programmed responses to God's call on our life. And it takes the power of declaration. It takes the power of saying, Lord, my mind is thinking this. But I know you've called me to do this. So I'm going to step and you've got to help me with this part. You know, we, we've all been programmed to think a certain way. We've all been programmed. I was programmed to especially, and it, I, I'm going to say this loosely, but when I was growing up, I didn't really know about the Holy Spirit. I knew the Holy Ghost, and he only came when we said the um, uh, Nicene Creed, you know, once a month. But there was no context of it. So when I started hearing about the Holy Ghost and all that, I was like, you just don't know. And you start, God, what is this? What is going on? The Holy Spirit lives in me. Well, what does that really mean? And you're, you're trying to process out what is in your natural in order to receive the fullness of the spirit that God has for you. Many times we have a hard time releasing miracles and signs and wonders and healing because our mind gets in the way of what the spirit is trying to do. Because we're thinking about what's wrong with them. Well, do I need to know what's wrong with them or am I just releasing healing over them? Am I doing a diagnostic? No. I just know that God wants to bring healing, wants to bring healing, so that's what I'm releasing. The other night, we had words of knowledge. We had our, um, I forget what our, uh, it's called our outpouring. I know it was called something. Our outpouring, and God started working in words of knowledge. Well, I am not a medical person, so if you've got something medically wrong with you, do not ask me, because I am not. So he starts giving me these medical words of knowledge. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I'm trying to describe the parts that I'm seeing on people to get healed. But he doesn't care that I don't understand what he's saying. All he cares is that I say what he says so that the person who's supposed to get it can get it. Whether I say it perfectly or not doesn't make any difference. The important part is, is that we say it, that we do it. And as, as really as women and as women who are called to, you know, Luke Luke 9 says that, what are we called to do? We're called to heal the sick. We're called to cast out demons. We're called to raise the dead. We're called to cleanse the lepers, And we're called to preach the gospel. Five things. It doesn't matter whether we have the gift or not. Our giftings are important, and God teaches us and uses us, but there's going to be times where he's going to call you to go out and preach the gospel, and you're going to be like, I'm not an evangelist. He's like, I don't really care. I just need someone to say Jesus so someone can say yes. That's all I need. If I can get someone to say Jesus, you know, we think we have to have it all prepared. God's prepared the heart to hear the voice to call them in. He's just looking for somebody to say yes. Someone say, okay, you want, uh, yep, I can say Jesus. Anybody want to know Jesus? What does that mean? I know that, you know, I can say a basic gospel message even before I came a pastor. And part of that message is, this is my testimony. I had an encounter with Jesus. I realized that he was the son of God. I said yes, even though I had no idea what that meant. My yes did not come with a theology degree. My yes did not come with a biblical explanation. I didn't suddenly know Genesis to Revelation and understand it systematically. My yes came with an invitation to go through a process every single day of knowing him more yeah. and saying yes to everything he asked me to do. Yeah. Everything he asked me to do. The other day we had our first Zoom baptism. We have a web church. We have a web church uh, at our church, and one of our members is in Austria. And uh, she wanted to be baptized. Well, we just did it through Zoom. It was quite awkward and weird and funny and just odd but we just knew that's what we're supposed to do that she didn't have anybody to baptize her cuz her girlfriend was they're they're very locked down over there so her, but her girlfriend was doing the zoom video so she had to baptize herself you know so she filled up the tub you know we went through the whole process we asked her i asked her you know do you believe jesus christ we went through the whole process she leaned herself back i said okay so now we're going to be buried with christ but she held herself down for 25 seconds i'm like You can come up now. You can come up now. (laughs) I thought, don't drown yourself. No, maybe resurrect you from the dead. But she said it felt so good with the water and the presence of Jesus just washing over her that she brought herself up when she felt the the power of Christ pull her up. And I was like, I told everybody, I said, I don't hold you down that long. I promise. But she was just so immersed in the spirit in that moment. And you could feel, you know, 25 seconds is not long. But when the whole church is watching and it's streaming online, 25 seconds is a long time because we're all standing there going, yeah, God, thank you, God. Come on, come on. But, you know, God is calling us to push past what is norm you know, we don't have a baptismal, we were, we're in a shopping center, uh, we, a lot of times, we get a trough out, that's kind of the new thing, get your trough out, and let's baptize everybody, some people have pools, so sometimes we do it in pool, but she was like, I gotta be baptized, and I can't go to Austria, she can't come here, and God's like, just zoom her, I'm like, Okay, we've got to think beyond what is unusual, what is normal, I mean, what is normal into the unusual. God wants to do unusual miracles in our life. He wants to do things that break the barrier for the kingdom of God. He wants us to get beyond what is comfortable for us so he can break through the purpose that he has for us right now. There is a purpose right now for us. We live in the greatest time ever. There is chaos and there's oppression and there's uh, just craziness going on. But there's always Jesus. Yes. And he's housed within his people and he's looking for his people to rise up and be the breaker. You know, have you ever heard, seen the sound barrier where the jets go and it breaks the, um, you know, the sound barrier? I think that's what it's called. That's what he's asking us to do. We are the heaven breakers for him. We're the ones that go through the earth and everywhere we step. We think, you know, we think what we do is insignificant. How many have ever thought, "Eh, it doesn't really matter what I do. I don't really have that much of an impact because I'm not this or I'm not that or, you know, I don't have this or I don't have that. But everything we do every single day is either for or against the kingdom. There's nothing in between. There is not neutrality for the kingdom people. We're either moving things for God, or we're stepping into what the enemy has planned. Road rage, when we scream at people and yell at them out the window, not that any of us do that, I'm sure. I'm sure that's never happened to us. That is the display of the enemy to the people we are going against. we would see more people drawn into the church if we acted more like who we say we are. I mean, we would. But what we realize is that we're all human. We all have these little triggers within us. But God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to get rid of the things that interfere with the kingdom going forward. If we have triggers that are norms for us, that we know certain things will cause us to be angry or to lash out or to feel discouraged, God has a way out for us in that. He has a way to remove those things from us so they don't interfere with our relationship with him and with others. We just need to ask him. Show us how to get rid of it. And sometimes it takes other people praying with us in order to do that. Sometimes it just takes strict discipline and a commitment to this is not going to be a part of my life. So, God, I am holding on to you until you can get rid of this for me. And I will not step back into it once you've removed it out of me. But, it take, you know, it takes a body to work those things out. So think about that. If there's things that just tend to cause you to look less like the glory of God, Just ask him to show you and work it out for you. Cause he will, we've all gone through them. We've all gone through them. You know, we think we're supposed to be perfect, but we aren't. But what we do is as we become closer to him and as we grow into who he's called us to be, there's less of that other stuff hanging on. There's less of that other stuff hanging on. So good. So good. So um there's a couple of scriptures I just wanted to read to us, read to us. That would be you and me and everybody else who's listening. How many of you talk to God all the time like he's standing right there? I do that sometimes. Chuck my husband, he'll be like, Are you talking to me? I'm like, No, it's okay. You're good. But, of course, I talk to myself, too. How many you talk to themselves, too? <laughs> I'm a good conversationalist. I listen well. I respond kindly, you know. <laughs> I like talking to myself. <laughs> so one thing I want to talk about is sometimes... Um, I feel like this is a question that God is asking us right now. You know, so many times we go into our prayer time with Jesus and all this kind of stuff with a huge list of things that we want to accomplish. And um, and we're like, how about this, God? How about this? I've got this and this and this. And I feel like this scripture out of Mark 10, and it's uh, it's in it starts in uh, verse 46, but I'm not going to read the whole thing because I know it's getting a little later, but um so here's blind Bartimaeus. And you know, he's wanting to encounter Jesus. He says, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me." And everybody's saying, "Leave him alone, leave him alone." Have you ever had someone tell you that you shouldn't bother God with those kind of things? I bother God with everything. Mm-hmm. I figure he can sort through what's important. You know, he can figure out whether that's that's important to him. So, um, so he's crying out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49 he says, So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called to the blind man, saying, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. God is calling you. He's calling you to a greater purpose, he's calling you to expand your territory. And some, some of you may say, I'm just so busy, I don't think I can do anything else. Anybody ever say that? We got one person, everybody else got lots to do. Sign them up, Gen- sign them up Pastor. <laughs> if nobody raises their hand, then you're on the list. <laughs> no. When God expands your territory, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to put more on your plate. It means that he has something else he wants you to be able to see. He has something else that you need to have vision for. Many times God gives us a word, but the, but the fullness of that word comes across in years, not the next day. So God wants to expand us. He wants us to be able to see a greater picture of where he's taking us. He wants to increase our vision. And some people, you know, would would see it in a picture. I feel like God's taking me here. Or they may just have a sense inside of them. I just feel like there's going to be a shift, a change. We were just talking about your change. You know, she's been with someone for 10 years, and all of a sudden there's a shift. And she said, normally I would never Leave my job, but she felt the anointing of God shift it. And when the shift happened, she said yes. And what it looks like, she's taken the steps to do these things, what it looks like in the completeness, she doesn't have. But God gave her a greater vision. And gave her word to go with it in order to move her forward. So when God is giving us something greater, it doesn't mean that he's going to pile on more things to do. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, run pick up your neighbor and take her to the grocery store every day. It day. It, that's not what it means. It means that God wants you to look up. And allow him to pour deeper into you. Allow him to cast a vision. You know, it says, write the vision, make it clear. As he speaks to you about the bigger things ahead of you, you got to write it down in order to be able to keep it in front of you so you know where you're going. You know, there's things the Lord spoke to me 20 years ago that are just now coming into play, but I wrote it down. I write everything down. And then sometimes I read it back to him. Lord, do you remember when you said this? Lord, do you remember? Remind me what this looks like. Give me another piece of the puzzle for it. So God is asking us to lift our heads up and let him show us the greater picture for us, the greater purpose for us in this season. Because you've got to have something to run toward. And what he will also do is he will start slowly removing things that no longer align with where he's taking you, like he did with you. He will slowly remove things. When I quit my job, I always say he tricked me into quitting my job (laughs) because I was a corporate, you know, whatever. I traveled all over. I had offices all over. I had 125-plus people working for me. And he said, I want you to start a consulting company. And I'm like, why? I love my job. I travel, I play golf. I, yeah, I love my job. Have a expense account It's great. But I did, I ended up quitting my job and starting a consulting company. And the reason one of them is my kids were little. So i worked out of my house. was four people worked out of their house and did my consulting while they were at school and traveled very little. And I would spend hours with God because I didn't have to be at work at 6 o'clock in the morning because I had to catch a flight somewhere. I would spend hours in the morning with God. I would, I'd drop the kids off. I'd go to the park. I'd spend all day there. Then do my consulting. When I got home, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I got it all done. But God would just work that out for me. And my husband was like, how can you go from working 60 to 70 hours a week to doing what you do? I'm like, I don't know. It's great. (laughs) He would say, what did you do today? Oh, man, I was so busy. You know, I had to do the wash. I had to go to the grocery store. That took 15 minutes. And the rest of the time, I would spend with God. So God shifted me so I would have more time with him. And that was for me for that season. And I would have time for my kids because I traveled all the time. So we, we may not understand fully why God has invited us on this new journey to give up one thing in order to make room for something else. But one thing we do know is God always gives us his best. It's never less than his best. So whatever he's calling you to do, it is uh, elevation, it is a promotion, it is a greater because he always gives you his best. He never withholds that. So if you're in that journey of having a shift, know that it may be uncomfortable in the shift because you're not really sure what's going on or how it's working or what you're supposed to do, but know that God is shifting you to a much better purpose for the season that you're in, And, and part of this whole season for us is to see the fullness of the kingdom being released in this hour you know people pay a lot of attention to the darkness but we are the light and when there's light darkness can't exist amen so we are the light that's caused that that God has called to overshadow the darkness so it cannot have victory over God's kingdom amen that's good. The other, the other question on this, and then we're then we're gonna pray for, for some things. The other question on this, Jesus asked him in verse 51, Jesus said to Blonde Barbados, what do you want me to do for you? And I want you guys to write that question down, and I want you to go to God with that. Because when Jesus asks you, What do you want me to do for you? then he has an answer to your response. Now, I don't know about you guys. When I, the first time God ever said that to me, what do you want me to do for you? My mind went, Ooh, I have so many things. I have so many things. But once I rested in, okay, Jesus, let me just get in the right place and, and, and respond to you. Then I saw these crazy breakthroughs for our family, for our region. Because I have a whole laundry list. I always have a whole laundry list for him. So I want you to really pray over that and talk to Jesus about that, about what does he want. No, let me read the question again. What do you want me to do for you? That is Jesus talking to you. So that's one. And then, of course, the other one is talking about... Um, Rise, he is calling you, and really seeking him for what is the vision for what is coming. Amen? Amen. Does anybody kind of have a vision for what is coming? Has God began to speak to you? I know you have. You have. It's okay if you don't, because he will give it to you. He will definitely give it to you. So, I kind of felt like the Lord wanted to do some kind of prophetic ministry. I don't know, Jen, are you feeling that tonight? Pastor Jen, come on up. Come on up. She has to have a mint because she's going to speak the word of God, it's going to be fresh. (laughs) You know, we have our stuff. We might need a drink of water, we might need a mint, we, you know, we might need to flip our hair one more time. We just have our stuff, because that's the way God made us. We're very unique. Amen? I am who I am. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I want to just, uh, first I want to pray over the people that uh, feel like they're in a different assignment, a temporary assignment right now. I had a couple people raise their hand. Go ahead and stand up if you would. It's easier to to you know to have you standing up. Pray to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray for wisdom and really clarity in the temporary assignment. And, Lord, uh, the I want to just pray protection that they won't um, try to make temporary permanent, that you will just protect them. Like Deborah, she went out to war, but she came back into her position. So Lord, as you send them out in in this temporary assignment, that you will just not only uh, give them the favor and the open doors that they need in this and the territory that they'll be taken, but also uh, uh, put a hedge around their current position so that there's no infiltration there's no invasion in Jesus name thank you lord thank you lord thank you god
1: thank you god um so this might be every, this might be everybody but um if you believe that god's called you into something but there's been attacks of the enemy that have you believe that Um, Have either detoured or hindered you from walking out that call. I believe that God wants to release um, this gift of restoration to you that he has given me. And part of that might be you feel like there's been like a kind of like a roadblock in your walk with the Lord where you felt like you were this with, with God and then now suddenly you feel like You've kind of been off-roaded. You've kind of taken a detour because of these attacks of the enemy. If that's you, I believe that God wants just to release this gift of restoration to you, so you can get back on track and and uh, walk the walk with the Lord. So, if that's you tonight, I want to release that to you. just stand to your feet. Praise you, Jesus. And this is a real gift. <laughs> Um, that the Holy Spirit gave me and and, and it's been proven out in, in different people's lives um, where they just, God just supernaturally restored that supernatural walk they were walking. Maybe um, you've been operating in, in the things of the Spirit and all of a sudden you got distracted for a season because of attacks of the enemy and it doesn't happen anymore. God wants to restore that tonight. So right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just release that gift of restoration, Lord, to your ladies, to your people. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command every roadblock, every hindrance to be removed and be cast into the sea, and I release that gift of restoration to them right now. In the name of Jesus, I just speak and I command restoration to their spirit, soul, body, mind right now. In the name of Jesus, every hindrance be removed. Father, I just speak and I command spiritual clarity to their eyes, to their ears right now that they can hear and see what it is you're saying by your spirit in Jesus' name.